0: Ladies and gentlemen, for one of the best sports podcasts in the business, subscribe on YouTube to Shaky Sports Journeys. Hi, and welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. Um, another boxing episode for you today. I love my boxing. Always have loved my boxing. To get get the chance to speak to such high level boxers is, is always a pleasure. Joined today by um, ex light British light middleweight title holder. Uh, this gentleman also won the prize fighter Tournament as well. I'm joined today by Aaron Jones, and for, for everyone out there, he's, he would have been known as Prince Aaron Jones during his boxing career. How you doing, my friend? I'm very well, Shaker. Like I say, it's been a long time
1: coming, but um, I'm very happy
0: to be here now and, um, and talk to you, mate. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, we, we engaged uh, over social media probably well over a month, leading to probably closer to two months now, but then, uh, me being struck with COVID, yeah. something coming up here and there, and it's, be, it's been a bit of a delay, but we're, we're here now, and I'm looking forward to chatting. So let's kick off with the first question, Prince. How yeah. did that come about? Prince was
1: a was a name given to me by uh, my first professional trainer, uh, goes by the name of Wayne Barker. Um, so basically, I, I went to him at a young age, probably 15, 16-year-old, I um, had quite a few amateur fights, um, and then we decided to turn pro at a young age. I mean, me being very hungry, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something what I wanted to do, really. So I uh, decided to turn pro at 18, but my, my name is, my real name is Aaron Jones, which is obviously very basic. You know, it's not an eye-catching name or anything like that. Um, so this name just come about, really. Um, he started calling me Prince, and everyone in the gym started calling me Prince, and it's just a name what kind of stuck. Um, and then, obviously, when I turned pro, I mean, we didn't we didn't think it would get accepted, really, you know, at the boxing board of control. You know, it, it who's it was this Prince guy? Do you know what I mean? It's it's a kind of name that someone would probably question, but you know, it got accepted, and you know, it's a name what just obviously stuck from about fifteen to sixteen year old. And you know we, we kind of carried it on, and it just stayed. But you know, people still today call me Prince, so <laughs>
0: it's never going away, mate. <laughs> Listen, um, I, I'm a fan of the fan of the name. Obviously, I was a big fan of Prince Nassim Hamid, so it's good yeah. to see the name continuing on. Um, yeah, the coach obviously seen some uh, Prince qualities in you, mate, and uh, and the rest is the rest is history. So good to hear the backstory on it. Tell me yeah. a little bit more about uh, where you grew up. A little bit more about your family background and a bit more about your childhood, mate.
1: Yeah, mate. So I I grew up um, well, still about ten year old in a place called Moston. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you know the gym there, Moston and Colliers, which Pat Barrett now actually trains his fighters out of.
0: Okay, I've not uh, heard of that one, but yeah. Keep... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a top class gym, obviously
1: in Manchester, called Moston and Colliers. Well I, I grew up in Moston really, which is just around the corner from the gym. Um, quite quite a rough area Council estate you know typical council estate um not much going on uh, obviously kids as you do you know we didn't we didn't have mobile phones or laptops or anything like that back in them days so it was kind of what do you do with yourself it was just hanging around in the streets playing football toy fighting all that kind of stuff um so yeah so it was a you know you know your typical council estate, um, which is where I grew up. Then I moved to a place which is just down the road about five or ten minutes from here called Dwellsdon, which is kind of the same setup, you know, council estate. Again, not much going on for the kids and stuff like that and hanging around the streets and all that kind of stuff. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you get you get into things from being a young age really, but that's kind of how, a, how my childhood went you know, we had gangs of lads knocking around the streets and things like that. You know, we played football, you know, we was toy fighting. You know, eventually got into stealing cars, which, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk about a bit later on. But, yeah, so it was just your typical council estate. What do you do with yourself hanging around the streets? Um, Kind of typical growing up, really.
0: Yeah, so I get where you're coming from. You know that it's boring as kids. You know, you, it you is, mate. To, yeah, you need to find something to do, um, yeah. and you know, when a group of lads get together, yeah. Yeah, and all come from a similar background, there's, uh, there's, there's going to be some, some stuff that you're going to get up to, and we will, we'll, we'll, we'll touch, yeah. touch on that, touch yeah. on that a bit more. Well, I mean, Austin, the, you mentioned fifteen, sixteen. Is that the, yeah. the first time you walked into a gym then, and how did that come about?
1: Well, to be honest, Shaker, it, it was, it was when I was about seven year old. Went, the actual time I went, I went into the gym, and that was a, as I said before. I went into uh, Moston and Collier's gym, where where I first grew up in Moston. So I actually stepped into that gym when I was about, I think it's seven or eight year old, and that's a, the first time I actually walked into a gym. Okay. And there was a fighter; he was actually fighting at, at the time called Pat Barrett. I don't you know if you, you would have heard of him. I've heard the name. I've heard the name. Yeah, um, top class fighter, European champion, fought for he fought for a world title. Uh, he was actually fighting at the time when I was training there, but that's the first time I ever walked into a gym. But at that age, it was kind of, you was in and out of the gym, do you know what I mean? You're not obviously consistent every day going and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the first time, I, I remember, I, I've got a good memory. Um, and the first time I went, they actually put me inspiring with, you know, the, the other lads. And the, and the guy was like to me, have you, you been here before, haven't so, I have never been here before. <laughs> I said, are you sure? So from that day, you know, he, he Pretty much telling me, you know, I've got a bit of something about me here. You know, I've got the the, the general foundations, the basics and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of started from there, really. But that was the first time I ever stepped into a gym when I was about seven or eight year old. But just going back to when I was 15 or 16, that's when I actually got back into it and took it seriously from from then. So from from the age of like seven, eight, nine, didn't actually go back into another gym, boxing gym as such, till I was around about
0: 15 year old. You mentioned some troubles and some stuff that you you got involved in. What yeah. was that around your late teen- teenagers? Yeah, um, so basically, probably just when I left school.
1: Um, obviously, at that age, you know, you're a bit confused. You don't know what you you don't know what you're going to do with your life, especially if you've obviously had the, the upbringing that I've had, and you know, you've you've not got good qualifications, or you know, you come from. The, you know, the place where we've been brought up, it's kind of, you, you've got to do everything yourself. But obviously, being in that, be, be, being around that situation, you get caught up with the other people who are in the same situation. So you kind of tag along with them people and then people, you know, they become your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we used to steal cars. We stole cars, I've been arrested a couple of times. Um, I mean, nothing much more from there, which it could have, but Obviously, boxing saved me at one point. Um, but yeah, you know, we 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 kind of were stealing cars, um, hanging around the street, you know, just doing general misbehavior things what you shouldn't have been doing, really.
0: Easily done, though, mate, when you're in when you're in, the, yeah. When you're in that, yeah, when you're in that crowd at that age, yeah, I can understand why a lot of a lot of young people get kind of swallowed up by the. The system and the area that they're, that they're from and like you say you're one of the lucky ones because i'd yeah, imagine you must yeah. have some mates from back in the day that continued on down that oh, path and probably got themselves into some some serious bother along the way
1: oh yeah 100 percent. i mean back back then i mean just touch on what we were saying before about not being able to do things to do things you need money you know you can't you can't go to the cinema now 20 30 quid yeah i mean what Back then when we was, you know, 17, 16, 15, you need money to do things. And I, I didn't have that kind of money. My mum didn't have that kind of money. You know, what, what else are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a difficult situation, but obviously you find you find yourself caught up in that stuff and, you know, it's good at the time, but, you know, luckily for me, I found boxing and it kind of made me realise, you know, what do I want to do here? And then you, you realise what's right and from what's wrong and then you kind of distance yourself from that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it, it could have went wrong, mate. It could have went really wrong. But, you know, luckily I've got, you know, I had a few marbles in my head and I knew what was right and from wrong. So I managed to um, get into the boxing and it kind of, yeah, it saved me, if you like to say.
0: So you're, at, so you're, in, the, you're in the gym, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Your head is now down. You're probably yeah. at a crossroad point where you're thinking... Shit, if I'm not careful, I'm going to end up going down a route that I've realised is is not the route that I want to go. So talk to me about some of your early success, you know, some of your early fights um, and the dedication that you were having to show. How often were you training? Um, Talk to me about it. Yeah, so I
1: just want to... Sorry, Shaker. just go back to the last time, well, the first, the last time I got arrested. Yep. My old boxing trainer, as I say, Wayne Barker, he collected me from Ashton Police Station, a local police station, to where I was. And he sat me down, and this is where it started, seriously. So he sat me down in in his office, back at the gym, and he said, basically, do you fucking want to do this or not? Like, you either go that way, or you go this way. I said, it's your choice. Um... And then I realised, you know, what I was doing, you know, it was it was wrong. So I made that, that, that day I had that conversation, I made that choice that day to, to to dedicate myself to the sport and to leave all that behind me. Um, so from, from that day going forward, um, you know, everything changed for me. Everything changed, mate. So sorry, I forgot the question. What you no, to no, say no. no you're mind, I'm, glad, to
0: I'm glad, I'm glad that... Yeah you say that because yeah. it's important to give that gentleman the the credit you know you people like that don't get enough credit um, mm-hmm. he clearly was a big influence on you on making oh, you yeah, realize, right. making you realize that you know you've got options here but ultimately you had to make the decision mate and you, yeah. made, uh, you made you made you made the right decision mm-hmm. so you're now in the boxing gym yeah talk to me about talk to me about how your your week would be and you know e- early successes
1: yeah so when it was so, so from say from the age of 16 it, i basically trained like a professional and that's that's one of the reasons why i, uh, I turned pro so early because from the age of 16 like like i say wayne barker was was training me, but i was i was sparring pros um you know i was sparring some really high quality professional fighters and i was holding me own and all that kind of stuff um and then I, the, the improvement has shown in, in a, a six-month period was was massive. It was phenomenal. Um, and then we decided to turn amateur first. Okay. Uh, so from the ages, I turned amateur when I was 16. Uh, so I'd, I'd already been training for about 12 months. I turned amateur when I was 16. At the time, our, our club wasn't an amateur club, so I, I had to fight out of a club called Northside. I don't know if you've heard of that club. i heard of Northside. I heard of Northside. Yeah, it's a really, really um, successful am- amateur club. Um, so I had about, I had 17 amateur fights. I mean, it, it, you know, if it was to go back then, I would have I would have had another 50, but, you know, it's happened now. But, yeah, I had 17 amateur fights, so I was unbeaten. Uh, you know, and then I turned pro when I was... Eighteen, uh, but yeah, I had a really successful amateur. From I was I was I was unbeaten as an amateur, um, and then I turned pro when I was
0: eighteen. So seventeen fights, seventeen amateur. Yeah. Do you think that's got something to do with the fact? Was it your coach? Maybe they just said you're 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 ready to go. You're ready to go pro here. Um, there's there's, there's a few things to be fair. I mean, for one.
1: The, the coach he was with at the time, Wayne Barker, he, you know, he, he didn't have any, uh, any, any TV, um, you know, because to be successful in the sport, you know, you've got to have TV backings and all that kind of stuff. And um, maybe, I don't know, sometimes I, I think to myself whether he didn't want anyone to snatch me up or to take me away and all that kind of stuff. But I was ready. I was ready. You know, if, if, I, if I could have the, the right fights at the right time, I was ready. Um, I mean, I wouldn't change anything because it's happened now. And, you know, it made me the person who I am
0: today. But at the time, we thought it was the right decision. Okay. Yeah. Pro career debut. Yeah. 28th of April 2006. Yeah, mate. Victory over Tommy Jones. That's correct. How, that? how did you hear about How did that fight come about? How did you feel about it?
1: Yeah, so... Um, Believe it or not, I boxed that welterweight on that five. I think it was like 10 stone, 10. Um,
0: I have no idea how the yeah. hell you made welterweight, mate. You're like six foot plus, aren't you? Six foot three, yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, six foot three,
1: mate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Wayne, Wayne used to put small hall shows on at the Midland Hotel in Manchester. Um, he, he put them on years ago and he, and he brought them back. Um, and it was all based around me, trying to build me up um and so I, I topped the bill uh having my pro, uh, my pro debut on a, a six rounder it was to be honest with you at the Midland Hotel. old self um but the, the one thing i noticed shaky is when it, when i was an amateur i was knocking everyone down i was knocking them out and the first thing i noticed that the program the pro game is so different the the punches just bounce off these the, off these men it's different they say oh you 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 you'll, 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 you'll not come out with these small gloves on it's different it, 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 you can tell the the levels these levels to the game and even though these these he well, was a journeyman at the time it, you can tell oh, the
0: yeah, strength. that the, 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 the journeymen yeah. are made tough as well yeah the, you can
1: tell the strength difference you can tell and that's and that's when i realized Okay, no, I'm, am not, not, even a man yet. I'm still only a boy, and and I, and I could feel that. And I could, uh, but luckily, you know, I had the skill set um, to to win comfortably. But the, the first thing I noticed when I, when I turned pro was the was the strength and how tough these men
0: are. Well, you're still only at 18, you have still got yeah. a lot of developing to do in your own physical strength. I mean, they reckon I don't, I'm not a scientist, but up until the age of 21, 22, you're still growing, you're still evolving, so. Yeah I can understand that would be a bit of a a change going in with a man a man who'd yeah. been, been who imagine had been around the ring been in yeah. competitive pro fights but you got over the line then you had a couple more wins so a great start yes. to your great start to your career. Yeah. The first bit of adversity came in your fifth fight where you you came up against Anthony Small and Anthony Small went on to win the British title after this so he was yeah. no he was no mug um undefeated prospect like yourself. Yeah. Um, you suffered a, a second round defeat. Talk to me about that experience. So so, so
1: that, that that fight was it we got offered the fight. Now it was very difficult to match me shaker. Very, very difficult. So even though Wayne was putting these shows on at the Midland Hotel, nobody wanted to fight. Like I, because there was no TV. There was no sky sports or anything behind me we decided we, we needed to take a chance um I, you know it, it was probably the, the wrong fight at the wrong time you know it was it was just one of them things but I thought I thought I thought I, I would have won the fight but you know i got I got stopped in the second round um but again what happened?
0: Was, what happened what what did you what 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 did you make an error was it a bit, a bit of an experience? Well, what happened was is that um, Adam Booth was training
1: Anthony Small at the time, and he—I don't know if you remember Anthony Small. He used to come out in the screen mask and all that. Yeah, yeah, I do. So I hit him with the right hand in the, in, the, in the first round, and, and he had gone, and I didn't want—I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the experience. Looking back now, I didn't have the experience to finish him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the second round, he, he he's, he's threw this massive big overhand right, and, and it hit me on the neck. It didn't even hit me on the chin. It hit me on the neck. So I've got it over. I've jumped back up, and the ref stopped the fight, and that and that was it. So, did you think it was recovered? Well, you don't know. You don't. You don't know, the, you, you know how long the piece of string. You don't know. Pro- I probably would have, but again, it was probably a fight too soon. Don't know. I mean, maybe something's happened. Everything happens for a reason. You know. It, it, I could have. I could have carried on and got knocked out badly.
0: That wouldn't have
1: been Yeah, you, you. You just don't know. Um, but again, I, I did. I did want to fight Anthony Small after the prize prizefighter, uh, which never happened. But and then he ended up retiring and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was that was the first defeat of me of my pro career. I mean, luckily it, it, it didn't damage me mentally. I was still obviously very very hungry and very badly wanted to succeed, if you like. Uh, and then obviously I, just, I bounced back. You know, a lot of fighters it, it could damage them mentally, but you know I was at that young age where it did not kind of damaged me. You know, I was still hungry. I still wanted to succeed and I just carried on and I just carried on.
0: Like you say though, a lot of boys at that point could easily fell off the fell off the train, uh, fell off the track and just thought yeah. you know, that's a tough one to take but you were obviously, you you made that mind up when you were 15, 16 in that yeah. conversation so there was no stopping you and it's good to hear that that yeah. didn't have a major impact on the rest of your career which goes on to be a very very successful career. You yeah. go back. You got back in the saddle. You had a win over Celo Rendu, um, yeah. which was a fight for the British Masters Middleweight title. It was That's a, a ten round victory. So that, that must have been the first experience of quite a long fight.
1: Well, again, I was still I was still only nineteen year old, and I get it. It was probably a fight, probably one of them too soon. But you know, the fight the fight happened again. As like I said, it was very hard to, to to match me. No, who wants to fight? a six foot three light middleweight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's um, it, it was a difficult situation to be in. And again, if you've, if you've got no no Sky Sports or big money behind you, you're gonna have to take these fights because nobody else wants to fight you. So um, yeah, it was back at Manchester. We boxed for the um, the British Masters middleweight title at, at the time because nobody wanted to fight me at light middleweight. I have to go back. I, I moved up to middleweight to fight Cello Renda. Now I don't know if you know Celerender, but he's a he's a big big puncher.
0: Okay,
1: massive. He's a massive puncher. Um, he I don't know I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen him. He's, I don't, you, you would have seen I've him not, once.
0: I've not come across him. Where is he from? Uh, Peterborough. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, if you if you type him in on YouTube, he, he's been in some tremendous fights. Uh, he, he actually went to the prize fight final. But yeah, so first first round goes um and he gets he me on the side of the head here and and, and he drops me oh so i'm thinking bloody hell but i did i didn't feel it. it was just like a flash knockdown
0: Yep, yep.
1: and um i jump up and well, i stayed down for the eight count i just thought I'd, i'll just stay down on one knee anyway i jumped up. i mean luckily for me the fucking bell went and great. <laughs> 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 luckily for me the, the, the bell went so we've, we've gone back to the corner second round comes out i managed to Obviously, keep, keep me composure and, you know, i boxed box his head off for 10 rounds. Uh, but for the first six rounds, that was a very, very tough fight. I mean, non-stop coming forward, very aggressive, big puncher. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a tough fight, that. But yeah, that was my first title fight at middleweight back in, uh was it 2000 and, I don't know, 2007, 2008 or something like that. Um, but yeah what a tough fight that was but that was a great win that because he at the time he was very he was highly he was highly ranked because he was renowned for his you know big punch mm-hmm. big big
0: punch must have learned a lot you know fight i, I, I watch so much boxing and yeah. uh, you hear about boxers saying rounds rounds is everything rounds is everything yeah. that must have really set you up for the next chapter the next next stage of your career because that's, that sounds like it was a bloody tough fight to come oh, through. America. You probably had, you probably had to be on your A game throughout that fight.
1: Oh yeah, I remember it being very tough. But when when we talk about people having tough fights and people having easy fights, I didn't have it easy. So when when I when, when I had to fight, and I've been there before. I know how to fight. I, I've been it. I've been through it. I've been through the tough rounds. I know what I know what time the round I need to take a breather. And that that put me in good stead for later on. So being in that situation, it, I, in my opinion, helped me in, in, in the long run. Because you know you get some fighters today where you know they get it easy, they, you know, the walking through opponents. And when they actually come up against a good fight and it's a hard fight, they don't know whether they know they can fight. How how do they know? They've not been in, you know, they've not dug deep and had to go in the trenches. Well, me at an early age i had to do that so you know it put me in good
0: still and you know in my opinion it helped me no i think so as well too yeah. too many boxers these days are too worried about the, the undefeated record and like you say yeah. when they get up to that certain level where they're in a proper fight you do yeah. see a lot of fighters just not handle that not handle that pressure um so you have got you already at this point had some tough been in with some guys that you know have gone on to be champions um, so you were in you were, you were you were in the deep end. You had yeah. a tough time after that. Where you? I did. Yeah. You you, you had a, a fight over in Dublin. Yes. Against uh, John Duddy. I um, did. Yeah. How did that fight come about? And again, talk to me about the experience. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it was it
1: wasn't a fight that I wanted. To be fair, um, you know, it's. Um, it didn't, it wasn't the fight that I wanted. And when I got over there, um, you know, I, I just wanted to get back kind of thing. It was, you know, I, we had a bit of a fallout with my old trainer and stuff like that and manager. And um,
0: you know, what, ha- a, what, what what happened if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh it just kind of, you know, I didn't think I was ready for the fight. Uh, I was you know, I was at a young age. Um, you know, I got told I was ready. So you know, it kind of half made me believe that I was ready for the fight, but me personally, I just think it was a fight too far. And obviously, I ended up getting well. You watch, you watch YouTube now, and um, I get stopped in the second round. But I didn't get stop shaking. I went down on my own, and, and, and I've never, I've, I've never said this publicly before. I actually went down on my own so I can get myself out of there and get back home because I knew that I, it wasn't a fight that I should have been in. Um. And that's basically what, what happened. Um, you know, I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll go down because I don't want to be here. I, did, I didn't feel like I, I should be here. And I, um, I went down, rest up the fight, and then um, went back home. And then we had a chat with my old trainer. You know, we didn't fall out or anything like that. He'd done, he'd done really, really good things for me. Um, you know, he brought me to where I was. And I really appreciate everything he'd done for me. And then, well, then we parted and we went separate ways. You know, and I, I thought it was the right thing for me to do at the time, to move on to a different trainer, a different manager, um, have a fresh start, and then
0: my career progressed highly from there. So, where did you, so who was the, the new trainer and the new, the new manager? So my new trainer, uh, so I, I had a bit of
1: time out of the ring. Um, and then my new trainer was Bob Shannon. Okay. Um, he's fought, he's, he's, he's had some great, great fighters, likes of Kevin Anderson, Um, David Barnes, um, Ali Numbembe, um, Denter Fussell, Matthew Hatton, he's trained Ricky Hatton in his last fight. So he was a very, very experienced fighter. And he he was a a man who we got got along with very well. Um, He introduced me to um, a man who you'll know called Tommy Gilmore. Um, And uh, Tommy come over from Scotland and we had had a meeting. Uh, I was 19 at the time. And he said I was I was too old. (laughs) (laughs) He was only joking, obviously. Um, And then Tommy gave me a show on Sky Sports for the first time uh, in my first fight. Yeah, on the undercard of um, I can't remember who it was now. I might have been. Can't remember who the undercard was, but yeah. And um, luckily, I stopped stopped the kid in the fourth round. and managed to get a a slot on on, on the telly, so you know it was uh, it was a great
0: experience. That yeah, Um, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear you. uh... You brought a Scotsman into the into the team, the great uh, great Tommy. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a good man, and uh, that's how we that's how we actually became connected because you'd come across, you'd watched it, yeah. you'd seen that's Tommy. Right, that dude. must have been a must have been a blast from the past. So from here on out, now the career yeah. just goes from strength to strength. You, yeah. you had a really strong 2009 where you I won did, most yeah. of your fights. I think maybe you suffered one defeat. Um, yeah. and then in 2010, Tommy gets you the opportunity to fight in the the Prize Fighter series. That's correct, mate. Yeah, I mean, I know
1: I mean, going 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 back to my old trainer, like like I say, I appreciate everything he done for me. You know, he he done wonders for me. He brought me into boxing and he changed my life around. When I move over to Bob, I class myself as an unbeaten fighter because I was I was a totally different fighter. Yep. Um. And then we we went from strength to strength. I think I think I had it was it was a draw I had with um, It Was, it was a, draw, a draw? Sorry, yeah. Don't yeah, want to yeah. give you a defeat. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a draw. Shake I had with um, a fighter called Max Maxwell. We were fought a couple of times, but we'll we'll come onto him a bit later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I had a great run, and I had a draw, which shouldn't have been a draw to be fair. Don't think the ref liked me that night, and then. Um, I remember we had a Christmas break and then the prize fighter was in the February. So we had about eight weeks to get ready for that. But yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, with, with Tommy working a lot with, uh, with Barry Erna at the time, um, you know, he managed to get me on the prize fighter. You know, I had a good record. And yeah, it was um, it was a great opportunity for me. But yeah, thanks, Tommy.
0: You went in as, as not like... I mean, you were always in a, a live opponent. I remember I went. I watched. Yeah. This, I watched this prize fighter. But mm. like you've mentioned a few times, and, and we've talked about, you're a big lad for yeah. for all these weight classes. You know, you're you're very tall and rangy at six foot yes. three. That's um, right. So so you're always a live live opponent in this. But I don't think people had tipped you as one of the names to win it.
1: No, definitely not. I was a massive outsider, and you know, a lot of my friends won big, big money on, on you know on the fights <laughs> where you know, in the big fights they had. Um, but they're just going off previous, previous fights. I mean, it's like, you know, when, when you're judging someone or, you know, you don't know what, I've, people don't know what I've been doing for the last 12 months. They don't know me as a person. They don't know how I live, who I've been sparring with, this and that. You know, they're not with me on a daily basis. They're only going off what they've heard or what they've seen. So obviously that's why I was a massive, well, not massive, but I was, I was an underdog. But me, mentally going in, I was thinking, how, how can anybody at five, eight, five, nine, five, 10, they're not going to beat me over three rounds. There's just no chance. There's just no chance. You know, everybody's going to come forward. It's going to suit me. I'm just going to be popping them off, spinning them, turning them up, across, left up. And that's basically what happened. have been shaking. I, I, I I imagine, it, 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 it happened how, how I imagined it.
0: <laughs> Quarter-final, semi-final and final. Who'd you start with again in the quarters?
1: Um, so our box a kid who I'm good friends with today is called George Hilliard. Um from Canningtown, very stocky, big, big puncher. Um again, he he brought massive following. But again, it was just one of them fighters where he's just gonna come forward. Now, anybody who comes forward at me, they're either gonna get hit with right hands upper courts so all turned, and that and that's basically what happened. You know, if you, if you ever see the fight, he basically just got popped for, for three rounds and bailed
0: very hard for the people that size to get in on you. They would obviously, Yeah, yeah. you've only got three rounds, so I'm imagining they would be trying to be busy, and like they mm. fell into your hands, you were just able to, to box and use your skills.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's like the bull in the matter though. I mean, if three, three rounds, just, if someone's coming forward, it's, it's it's not enough time for them to break me down. And, and I knew that, because obviously all the experience I've had, all the sparring I've had, the good opponents I've fought, it was just no chance that anybody had, had wear me down over three rounds. It's just I just I just was that confident.
0: So you got over there. Was that was that a was that a points win that first one?
1: It was yeah. It was a points win. I mean I didn't I didn't need to go looking for the knockout to be fair because I knew that I would have win. I would win the three rounds comfortably. Um, you know the first the first round I was a bit nervous, but then I grew into the fight. Second round I was very confident. Third round. You know, I kind of, kind of breezed through it, Um, but then I did. I I ended up boxing the favorite in the second round, which was uh, Bradley Price.
0: Yeah, I know Bradley. So you come out of that, come out of that fight. You're going into now to fight the favorite. You sound like you were ultra confident throughout this. So do you go into that fight with no doubt? Yes, so I, I, obviously after,
1: after the first fight, you know, my, my confidence is sky high, you know, I'm, I'm on a high, you know, and give it Bradley, you know, he, he is a big puncher and, you know, I used to think, well, it, it's only going to hurt if it, if it lands, you know, and I was, you know, I, I stood next to him and I think he's, he's too small because I know, I think Bradley started his career out at light, lightweight or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere or other. I'm thinking he, he's too small for me um but anyway i was using my confidence anyway from the hilliard fight before so when when we got in there i don't think you've ever seen the first round of that fight but it was like a 10-8 round it, it, I, I must have hit him with 50 jabs and um you know he didn't land the glove on me in that first round second round was a bit more difficult he hit me with a big shot didn't hurt or anything like that edward went back and then the third round he was tired. I think he had a he had a tough fight with Neil Sinclair the, the round before, and I kind of breezed through that one as well. To be fair, but again, I was losing my confidence from the fight before, from from the Iliad fight. So from 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 that going forward, um, I was just so confident of beating him.
0: How was it like when you're coming out of the ring and you you've now that's it. You're in the final now. How did yeah. you kind of keep yourself together, keep your head in the right space because it's non-stop action in the fighter.
1: It is, mate, yeah, you don't get much rest. Um, I mean, to be fair, I got too much rest because I, I fought first and then I'm waiting on the other guys fighting. I mean, I'd rather be in a few minutes out and then, and, and sorry, in and out and then back in, but obviously I had to wait until the other guys was fighting. But um, the last fight I had was the toughest fight. It was very, very tough. Not Not because it was physically draining, it was more thinking mentally, you know. I don't know if you know the, the guy Brett, uh, Brett Flernoy, you called.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, he, he was an unbeaten fighter, southpaw, and that's what that's kind of fighters. A, a kind of I never got to grips with southpaws, just because I couldn't land the shots what I would do with kids coming forward. And normally southpaws are kind of counter punches, and that's what he was. And it was a, it was a very very tricky fight. I mean, in, in the third round, I really had to step it up and do something. But, um, it was a tricky fight that one,
0: very tricky. So how uh, did it did? Uh, it was a long time, ago, I remember you being victorious. Yeah, but did you win that fight on points as well? It,
1: it was points, yeah. So the the um, the first round was a draw, Only because I couldn't find my range. He was kind of stepping out of range. It was a completely different fight to the um, to, to the other two. So the, the previous two, I, I'm, I'm on the counter. Mm-hmm. So the third one, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a chess match now, yeah, so it's a completely match. fight. So, from what the judges went off, the first round was a um, was a draw. I think he won the second, so I really needed to do something special in the third round. Um, and then I decided to go at him instead of waiting and I went at him, hit him with the right hand and, and I dropped him. So obviously I got the 10-8 round and then... Yep. And then won the fight, which was um, obviously that 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 little spe- that little special moment obviously turned the turned the
0: fight around. Important that you realise that at the start of the third round, Yeah. You maybe went out and fought another chess match kind of round and not put it on him, you might have oh, got yeah. the, the rough it, you might have got the the wrong end of the decision. So oh, great, a, great yeah. awareness.
1: I could I could see it coming, shake I thought if I, if I don't do anything now, it's not going to go my way. This it's too close. It's far too close. If I don't do something, then it's, it's just not going to happen. And I mean, luckily, I hit him with a right hand and a right hand again, and then he drops, and I thought, oh, he's given the, give the count, so i know to 10-8 round from me. Then I got a little bit more confident after that, and I was more shots, and then I won the round anyway. But yeah, that, that little moment there, you know, made me realise, you know, I, I need to just do something here. <laughs> I need to do something.
0: Well, that little moment there, those little three minutes there, yeah, um, helped your bank balance. gave you a nice big. Trophy. Yeah. What was the prize money again for winning prize fight? Uh, at the time, it was thirty two grand,
1: so it was uh, obviously my, it was my biggest payday at the time. Um, yeah, it was nice. I mean, obviously, I wasn't thi- I wasn't thinking about the money until obviously afterwards. But um, yeah, it was nice to uh, to bag a few quid.
0: <laughs> did you did you did you, any any lavish purchases just to get out of your system when you get that kind of kind of money?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was into cars at the time, mate. I, I mean, well, at least
0: you pay, at least you paid for it this time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true, mate. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was into cars at the time, and obviously being young and stupid, I, you know, I, I used to spend money on cars like there's no tomorrow, but. Um, yeah i ended up buying my first nice car at the time it was a you know it's a honda civic type r in red it was they
0: were they were the ones mate they were the ones we were loving them at
1: that time it it was the dogs back in the day yeah so i ended up treating myself to that but um yeah that was probably the the first purchase what i I did really to be fair
0: (laughs) so your your name at that point with a resident stock obviously now you're going to get more opportunities so were you still working with Tommy then moving forward as your manager?
1: Yeah, so I, I finished my career with Tommy. Okay. So, yeah, so I started it with Bob Shannon in 2009. Yeah. And then and then we ended it, I think it was 2013. So yeah, Tom Tom Tommy managed me throughout. Well. Um, you
0: never trained, you never changed. So trainer and manager, like you say, that was a crossroad point in your career.
1: Yeah, yeah. So after the prize fire, um, the, the draw I had with Max Maxwell just before the prize prizefighter,
0: yep.
1: Tom, Tommy wanted me to obviously revenge it obviously, and obviously get, you know, put it straight. So I ended up boxing Max Maxwell again straight after the prizefighter in, in an eight rounder just to obviously avenge the draw, what should have been a draw kind of thing. So yeah, we, I ended up boxing him over eight rounds and winning, well I must say it's one of my toughest fights. One of my toughest fights. Um, Tommy came up to me after the fight and said, "You'll you'll you'll beat much better fighters than him, but you'll always have your number." And I, and I, and I knew and I know what he means by it. Just some fighters just make it hard, hard work for you, and you know you you get drained, you, your energy is gone on it, and you just can't do anything with them and he was just one of them fighters who had my number. I mean, obviously I beat him and boxed him and beat him up over eight rounds, but the guy just kept coming and coming and wouldn't stop. And, you know, yeah, Tommy said, you know, you'll beat much, much better fighters than him, but he's just one of them fighters, you has got your number. I was like, well, fuck you, don't put me in again, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least,
0: at least um, you know, at least, sounded like you won the first fight anyway, but at least yeah, you, you you got that one out of the way. Um, yeah, and, you know, yeah, it looks good in your record that you know you mm-hmm. came back and and put the put the put the, the, the draw decision behind you, and yeah. then you go into um, you had a big fight on uh, 13th of May 2011, where you had the first opportunity to fight for the British light middleweight title against a good fighter in Saturday. Yeah, very, 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 very well known fighter, very Great. highly regarded fighter. How did the fight get offered to you? What was the preparation for it? So the fight got offered uh, to me because I boxed
1: uh, a kid before that fight. Tommy got me a good a good opponent called Mahali Kotai, um, former world champion. I think he had 40, 40 fights and won 36. So, at this point, I was thinking, bloody hell, oh, I'm in a fight here, really, really fight. No one's ever stopped this kid before, this Mahali Kotai, so I, I boxed him. Uh and stopped him in the sixth round. Well, wow. so obviously it, it's a high, it's a high-level opponent that, And if you stop in that kind of opponent, you know, you, you're gonna get some sort of opportunity. So at the time, they made me mandatory challenger to, to box Sam
0: Webb. So that was like an eliminator, but, then it was almost like a British eliminator. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm putting
1: putting in a performance like that against that kid, that's you know, who's got that sort of caliber, uh, and stopping him where no one's ever stopped him before, uh, that that kind of They've kind of said, right, you know, they just made me manage your challenger to, uh, to box Sam Webb. And that's what happened and that's how the opportunity come around.
0: Now, winning the fighter was good, but I'd imagine you got in the game to be winning British titles. And, yeah. uh, you know, going go on to try and win other, other things as yeah. well, European, etc. But this is your first, this is like, a, it's a big fight. This, this uh, Oh, yeah, massive. This, so so how was your, your training camp leaned up to that? Uh,
1: training training camp was great. Um, I actually ended up going over to America
0: nice.
1: uh, with Ma- Yeah, with Matthew Hatton because he was fighting uh Sal Canelo Alvarez. you know anyway? I remember that. I remember <laughs> that fight as well. Yeah. So, um, because Bob Shannon was training Matthew at the time for the Canelo fight, I had gone over with them anyway. to I what I wanted to get some sparring in in a wild card. And uh, was staying in a place called the the, the Maywood Gym where there's no. Mexican community where there's some great gyms out there. So I ended up going out there to some great sparring and that's where the training camp started, well it started really, over in America. So we had some great sparring over there um, and then we we flew back and I had about five or six weeks to get ready for the fight. But yeah, that kind of uh, started off for me really. So it gave me a lot of confidence going over to the States and sparring some great kids and and then coming back and just finishing the camp. But yeah, I had, I, had, I had a great camp for it. Weather was nice. It was uh, middle of May, I think, something like that. So it wasn't cold, which I didn't like. I don't like training in the cold, cold. But yeah, it, it was, everything, everything went smoothly. Perfect, perfect for it. Weight was bang on. Ended up getting with uh, Kerry Kays. Um, he was a nutritionist and, you know, he sorted my diet out and stuff like that because obviously I used to struggle making the weight um, and being, being on the weight too long. And, you know, there was, you, you have to do the, the weight right. You know, if you do it, if you do it too long or too before, then you, you will know, feel
0: weak and stuff like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. training well. Tra- tra- training my well for that fight. Priceless experience, that mate. Mm. Being over, being over, like you say, wild card. Yeah. Being around Mexican fighters, yeah. I imagine that would have toughened you up and opened your eyes to, you know, what this, you know, the top, 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 top level, and being around. Matthew as well, who's training for a huge fight yeah. against Canelo, just must have been an amazing experience and inspired you, knowing that you're oh, yeah. in a big fight.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, some of, some of the people who, who was around over there, you know, like Oscar De La Hoya. Um, uh, I see, I would see Mayweather, Pacquiao, Amir Khan was over there at one point in the wild card. Um, so Adrian Broner. I mean, so some of so, some of the people I'm watching training and you know just just being in that environment just just gives you confidence you know thinking you know i'm i'm a part of this you know i'm i'm going boxing somewhere but you know i'm 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 a, you know i'm in the middle of these people there and you know it just gives you confidence uh, you know to go on and, and do well for your own career but yeah um, it was a great experience uh, you know one i'll never forget um and especially matthew one as well because it was a, it was a great fight as well it was a great fight
0: so you're going into those british like weight title fight, from from talking to you from start to where we are here, yeah. and a Bloody good headspace. You're healthy. Yeah. This fight is coming at the night time for you. You're you're good to go. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the fight was a long time
1: coming. Um, me me and Sam got matched a couple of fights before, but it, it never happened, and we, we waited quite a while for the fight. Uh, I think there was talks of him going on, on to fight for the European title and vacating the British, but he never did. And then I'd come back, and then he wanted to fight me. So, yeah, it was a long time coming. But yeah, I'm going there uh, in uh, headstrong, you know, fully confident that um, you know I was going to win that fight. And I was more confident when it, when I seen him face to face, especially at, at the weighing, you know, because I'm, I'm I'm a light middle. Well, I was a light, I, I was more of a. I was more of a. Light middle slash middle, you know, I could do middle, but I could I could struggle to make light middle, um, and he, and I'm looking at him thinking he, he's a welterweight and he's tiny, and that just gives me massive confidence because he wasn't a big light middleweight, he looked like a welterweight to me. Mm-hmm. um So from seeing him again, so yeah, the, the training give me confidence, but actually seeing him face to face, you know, that obviously that just gives you confidence as well, knowing that you're much bigger than the guy. And, well, he was a hell of a fighter, mate. Very, 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 very good fighter.
0: Well, it went, it went pretty long. I think um, from reading it, did you stop him in the in the around the twelfth round? But there was moments. Yeah, I stopped, yeah, in, I stopped him in the middle in the, of the fight um, as well.
1: I stopped him in the twelfth round, but I'll be honest with you, I couldn't hit him for five rounds. I don't think you've seen the fight. Um, it was just his, his movement was incredible. His had movement. He's he's been in and out of range. It was very very difficult to land clean on, um, and again go, going back to the prize fight, I said to myself, in that same sort of moment, I, I need to do something a bit special. Here. I need to I need to do something, I need to change something because for five rounds, whatever I'm doing is not working. You know, I'm not getting hurt, but I'm not winning the rounds. And he's, he's doing more movement and probably throwing shots at me, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm he's landing on the gloves, but he, they're probably going to give the rounds to him. So I thought I need to do something. So the, first, so the fifth round starts and I thought, I'm going to go to him, I'm going I'm to right hand, right, right over the top. And I did it, it was unexpected, very sharp, very fast, bang, hits him on the side of the, the uh, temple here, drops him. And that just shattered his senses. His, um, he said I perforated his eardrum, so his balance was off and all that kind of stuff. And then from there, I, I, I mean, he still come back into the fight. It was back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But there I was, I was, in control of the fight, to be fair, up until I managed to stop him in the uh, in the 12th round.
0: You always strike me as a as a guy that's got more in your locker when you really need it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you see me pull out of the bag when you're you're just in that. I need to do something here. <laughs> yeah. You really had the power to, to hurt people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, you probably know yourself. You you know when you're not doing enough or you think something I mean, a 12 round fight's a long time. And then there comes a point where you think, well, I've been doing this now for five rounds and it's, it's not working. I need to I need to kind of stop him in his tracks or just try something a little bit different. Because what will happen is when you're in that fight and you keep thinking about what you want to do, it, it kind of never happens and the rounds go by and by and by. So you're thinking, well, what I've been thinking about I want to do for, for, for the first five rounds has not happened. It's not happened. So you need to do something else. So you need to catch him off guard or... You know, do do something what you've not done for the for the first five rounds, and you know maybe you'll catch him. So, like I say, the fifth round started. It was a sharp one. It was a sharp one, two right hand caught him straight bang, and that was it. It kind of it kind of ended him. But yeah, um, I'm one of them. Yeah, who who kind of knows he's got he's got it there in the locker and um, can you know can switch it on.
0: The the prince can turn nasty when he needs to be. (laughs) <laughs> 12th, uh, 12th, 12th round, it sounds to me that punch changed the fight and you pretty much dictated it from that moment on and then you you stopped him uh, late yeah. in the 12th round, what, what a moment in your career mate
1: Yeah, best moment of my career to be fair, I mean, to, to be honest with you, that fight should have been stopped a long, long time ago I mean, the boxing, I mean, you had Jamie Moore commentating on it, you had Ryan Rhodes commentating on it, and Johnny Nelson and it was all saying that fight shouldn't have gone on as long as it did because it's one of them fights where he was just taking shot after shot after shot and the the accumulation of shots what what he must have been taking, you know it, it can't be good for you. Um, but yeah, I managed to stop him in the twelfth round um, and obviously become victorious. But yeah, what what a great night and you know one of the best moments in my boxing career.
0: So how did the uh, where what remind me where that fight was and how did the rest of your, rest of your evening go? after uh, becoming a British light middleweight champion? Uh, so, yeah, so the rest of the evening, we ended up going back to
1: the hotel and uh, having a drink with um, Frank Maloney. It's called Kelly Maloney now, but... Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, was, um, he was Sam's promoter at the time. So we, 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 was, all, we was all taking a mickey out of him, and saying, how much did the ref pay you? How much have you paid the ref there? You no, know, to 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 keep him in that fight because that fight should have been stopped rounds and rounds and rounds ago. Uh but yeah, that's what happened, mate. Uh, we just went back to the hotel, uh, watched the fight on the telly afterwards and uh, just, just had a few drinks and that and then headed back to Manchester the next day
0: after. You're on Cloud Nine right now. You're you you're, uh, you're you must be now just like you're in the best place you've been in your career. You
1: know, yeah.
0: The title, all the hard work, all the dedication is taken to that point. How many fights did you have in between then, prior to fighting Brian Rose? So, Brian Rose was after, straight after. You're straight after,
1: right, Yeah, okay. uh, I, I had to wait a long time for it because, um, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether they couldn't make fight or, but it, it was one of them. Um, he, I don't know, it's boxing politics. I, I didn't choose to fight Brian Rose. My first defence was is, is, a, is a lad who you'll probably know. It's Chris Karlslaut. Yeah, yeah.
0: Chris, Paisley yeah. boy.
1: Yeah. So he should have been my first defence. And um, Tommy said he'd give me an extra X amount of pounds to go and box him in Scotland. So I went, sound, I'll box him. Mm-hmm. Sky Sports didn't, offer, didn't accept him. They didn't know who he was. Um, and that was that. That was the end of that. Um, and that's why I ended up boxing Brian Rose. But as as you know, in, in boxing, you don't always you know it should have been a voluntary defense. But you, I'm the fighter; I just get told you're on fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up being being Brian Rose. Now I knew Brian Rose was going to be a tough fight not 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 physically and how strong he is, just because it would have been a chess match, yeah, and and it would have been a thinker's fight. Because I've, I've sparred him before. Not that I didn't want to fight him or I was scared of fighting him. I just, I wouldn't have chose to fight him if from, from my first fight because I knew it would have been a boring fight. It would have been close. It would have been, you know, if and tuck and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I ended up boxing him. Uh, I'd done the weight entirely wrong. I felt ill on the night, no strength and ended up getting beat over on points. and And that was the end of that.
0: How are you feeling at that point? It's so a kind of, oh. sounds like it's a, bit a sounds like you, your your head was probably a wee bit all over the place because you you, you had a, a vision of what you were wanting to do, and that that fact that that wasn't one that you wanted yeah. wanted to happen sounds like a wee bit of a tough tough moment, especially. Oh, at, you know, yeah,
1: it was it, it was horrible, mate. It was the worst feeling in the world. You know, I, I, you've gone from there to there in 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 in, in a few hours, and it, it's just like you know. It, it felt like your your life just been ripped ripped from you, and it was horrible. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was it was a tough pill to swallow at, at the time. It was horrible because you know I believe I was a better fighter than him. It was just you know it was a bad night for me. I didn't feel right on the night. I mean, I could you could make all excuses under the sun, but I just still believe to to this day that I'm, I'm I was a better fighter than, than Brian Rose. I just had a bad night. He's caught me on a bad night and. You know i got beat i got beat on points and i got beat off the better man on the night but it, it was a tough tough pill to swallow mate and, and still to still to this day it kind of you know boxers will probably tell you it's it still kind of niggles you a bit inside even 10 10 years on um but again you can't you can't change what's already happened mate but it's uh, but yeah it was it was a tough pill to swallow
0: so what happens then
1: so um i decided to go to middleweight just because light middleweight um obviously was a struggle i was champion at light middleweight so obviously i uh decided to uh, defend the belt but i and then i went up to middleweight um had a comeback fight i think it was in scotland one on one of tommy's shows still can't remember whether it was Glasgow, or Edinburgh. <laughs> I still can't remember. Anyway, I think it was Glasgow to be fair. But yeah, I ended up coming back on one of Tommy's shows, uh, stopping a kid in the second round, Kieran Gray, I think he was called. And then I um, had another fight after that, uh, a lad called Tyen Booth.
0: Yeah, I've heard Tyen Booth. Good fight.
1: Yeah, Tyen Booth from Sheffield. Um, ended up boxing him in Manchester. And then I got a, uh, I got a call for the, it was, well, first of all, I got a call to fight Nick Blackwell. I don't know remember him. I um, got
0: the, Keshubank Jr. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, probably, yeah, that's the ended
1: one. His, his career. So Tommy, Tommy said, I've got an, an, an eliminator for you, uh, Nick Blackwell, which was always going to be a tough fight. Uh, Nick's a uh, good fighter, or was a good fighter, should I say. And um, I didn't really fancy the fight, to be fair, because the money was the, the, the money wasn't right. And then he rang me up a few days later, and then said, um, "I've got a, I've got a European title fight instead." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "What for? Like the proper European title fight, not not like this WBC like European summit uh, no, the proper European title fight." So I went right. Sound? I'll have it. I said, scrap the start, scrap the Nick Blackwell fight. I said the money wasn't great anyway. Um, and then I got this opportunity to uh, to box in Monte Carlo, which was fantastic. Yeah, um, for this European title fight, um, and that was the uh, the last fight I had, done, unfortunately.
0: What happened in the fight, mate?
1: So building up to the fight, I mean, going back to the time Boo fight before I injured myself in the fight. So I don't really know time, baby. he's very long and very, you know, he's very awkward. So yeah. I, I mean, I've had a bad shoulder for years, and I overstretched with him in that fight, and God, I've done something to my shoulder. Um, I had a couple of weeks off the gym, and then um, you know got back in the gym, started sparring again, and you know my shoulder kept going. Thinking, oh God, but in the in the time, of, you know I've accepted this European title fight. Now it's not every day. You get offered a European title fight. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean to be fair, I wasn't even in the position to fight for it anyway. So, good job, Tommy. Tommy you know he's managed to, to pull it out of the bag and get the European title fight. Uh, I think Billy Joe Saunders was was seeing his ass a little bit at, at the time because he was he was obviously next in line to fight for this European title. But we kept it all quiet. Didn't tell anybody. Um, I didn't tell anyone about my injury, didn't tell Tommy. Obviously, I just thought, you know, I've had it for years. And I, I actually went to the fight injured. As you, as you say, it was uh, I,
0: don't I, the, I don't think you'll be the first fighter. I don't think you'll be the last fighter to do that. But, yeah, mate, yeah. You know, it's, it's not it's not it's not the kind of thing you turn down
1: because although although I got all was injured, it's you know, you in the fight, you think, "Oh, I'll just try and get through it." You know what I mean? But yeah, I went to the fight and I was injured. It was, you know, it was a great week there. You know, see some some tremendous things, some great faces, some real, some real, met some really nice people. Um, it was on on the on the card of a of a world title fight, so it was it was, a, it was a great show to be on. You know, it's something well I didn't want to turn down, so obviously I went over there, and um, I got beat over twelve rounds just because I couldn't throw my left arm. Uh, but I do believe, and I do believe which is, too.
0: which is which is crucial for a guy like you. Six foot three, yeah. Left arm jab is yeah. obviously where you control, where you control a lot of the fight. So yeah, it's been a tough twelve round.
1: Yeah, so it was it was a tough twelve rounds, uh, shaky to be honest. Um, every time I free my left arm, uh, the the guy could see that I was injured, so he'd kind of put it on me a little bit. And the round was going by. I wasn't I wasn't doing enough to win any of the rounds. I wasn't getting hurt by any means. Uh, I just wasn't doing enough to win the rounds because of you know I, I had to keep my arm in because I, you know I didn't but the injury was so um, and I, and I got beat I thought I said to myself I'm not getting stopped that, that was my main goal in that fight was was to not get stopped uh, I said I can't do enough and I can't throw enough shots to win the rounds so I'm going to win a few rounds but just not enough and then I thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get through this fight. I'm I'm
0: probably going to lose on points, and then I'm just going to get my shoulder sorted out, and we're and we're going to come again. Uh, so you, you know, it's, what did it, You may never have got that chance again. So I I, I certainly don't uh, don't think you maybe made the wrong decision. You got to t- if you hadn't taken that, then that 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 chance might never have come. You can now sit here and say you fought, yeah. for the title, you went twelve rounds. Unfortunately, you weren't at full fitness, but I think fighters. It happens often. You, you, A lot of fighters have to But It's not exactly the easiest of sports to be in. There's always going to be niggles, etc. So I think you were within your right to keep it under wraps and and go yeah. in there and, and do your best. The aftermath of that is... is is Where where, where was your head at that point and, and, and where did things go from there? Um. Well, Tommy
1: formed me up after the fight and he explained to Tommy. I said, listen, I'm, gra- I'm going to have a bit of time out. Um, I'm going to try and get this shoulder, this shoulder sorted out, um, uh, and then we'll we'll come again in six months' time. You know, at the time I was only what 25, 26, so I was still young enough to come back and be involved in some decent fights. You know, there's nothing to say I couldn't have come back and fought for another European title or win another British title. So I thought, yeah, you know, I'll get my shoulder sorted out, I'll have a bit of time out, and then we'll we'll just kind of come again. But I had one. I had one operation, and straight after the operation, they said, "Oh, it, it's failed." I said, "I said, what do you mean it's failed?" They said, "Well, we've sewn it. We've seen some damage. You've got some cartilage issues, so we've we've kind of sewn it up. Um, kind of um, tested it, but it's all just come away." So I said, "Bloody hell!" Yeah. I said, "That's not good, is it?" I said, "You know, this is delaying what I need to be doing it." So we well, it's what, what happens, it's the risk you take when you obviously do any any kind of procedure. So obviously I went back for another operation, which was the worst decision of my life, where they, they kind of cut me down here. So they cut right into the muscle. Um, and that kind of ended ended things from there. You know, the the, re, the recovery was horrendous. Um, the amount of muscle I lost, the, the movement in my arm, the mobility's gone. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a bad mistake to have that second operation, especially open procedure. Uh, if I would have had to, the, the choice to go for sort of like a keyhole again, you know, I would have definitely took that route. But yeah, I went down the the route of them cutting me open, and that just kind of whew, horrendous. Yeah, it kind of ended things from there. Then
0: that's the highs and lows of being a boxer. You yeah. you can you can achieve everything you have achieved in the ring, and it can all come abruptly to an end due to, due to <clears> injury, um, and that, that, that was pretty much your, that was, that, that was the end of your, the end of your boxing career at that age, which is, which is sad, mate, because
1: yeah,
0: you were still a young man.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just again, it was another tough pill to swallow, um, because, you know, I, I mean, still, still till this day now, my, my left is not as strong as my right shoulder, even though I, I, I train on a, well, I train most days. I probably train five times a week. Um, and I still try and build it up, but it's never, it's, it's never been the same. So for for me to go back into boxing and to try and compete at that level that I was boxing at, I just didn't have the confidence. Yeah, I just didn't have the confidence. Um so yeah, I just I just thought if I if, if I can't get to that level where where I was at, but boxing's hard enough as it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to, to I want to be even. Even coming back, I need to be at that level again. You know, I don't want to be fighting six rounds, four four rounders. I want to be where 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 I was, and I just didn't have any 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 confidence in my shoulder that I was going to get back to that level. And that's kind of why I left it alone. To be fair,
0: tough time in your life then, mate. Because you only really knew one way from your from leaving school. You know, you were dedicated boxer. Yeah. Uh, you should be very proud, mate. You know, not many people get to do it. What you've done in the mm. in the ring, you know, you've won titles, won a prize fighter, um you fought European level. Yeah. Not, you know, there's I think sometimes arms <laughs> think oh it's not a big deal to, to, to fight European and stuff like that but only only really the best fighters get to get to compete at that at that level. So first of all credit to you my friend you know right. achieved, achieved, achieved a lot in the ring. Yeah. But you're at a point now where a lot of boxers sometimes find themselves you probably would have wanted that to be six, seven years down the line, but you yeah. now you're now in a situation where okay, I'm not going to be getting back in the ring to fight professionally. How do you deal with that crossroad, and what did you do with yourself?
1: Um, it, it it was tough to
0: be fair, mate. Um,
1: because you have to find a different path, don't you? You have to find a a, a different route. What you've got to go down. So obviously you can't box anymore and that's and that's kind of, that's what I thought was just going to set me up for life. You know, I thought, I and, you know, I thought I'd have big fights and you, you never see yourself getting injured and not being able to do it again. So, you know, it was, again, it was another tough pill to swallow. Um, I used to work from, for, for, for my mate's scaffolding company where I worked all the time anyway and I wasn't enjoying it. I was co- coming a bit depressed because of how, how my, you know how thought my life was, and then um, I ended up selling. Well, I ended up leaving that job, and I ended up selling cars, and that's what I do
0: today. This is like a full roundabout. Yeah, it. It. It, it is, is mate. One way you got <laughs> to the middle ground, and then you thought, yeah. you know what? I'm pretty good with these uh, with these automobiles. I should be selling these. Good for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got.
1: I mean, I enjoy what I do. Because it kind of when like when when I sell a car, it gives you a buzz and gives you a good feeling. It's like you're kind of winning again. And you know, we we have, you know, I'm competing with the other sales guys. You know, I want to sell the most, and it makes you a winner. And you know, I'm very competitive, obviously from my background and what I've done before. Um, and it, and it, and it's obviously commission based, so you know, it gives you that drive. And I think that's what that's the kind of job I need to be to be involved in, kind of thing. Um, you know, you have to you have to be motivated. And I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it for the last five years. Um, you know, it's it's given me some good money. Um, and that's what I do, mate. Yeah, that's what I do today. You know, I still like to keep fit. I train most days, like I say, before work. But, um, you know, I enjoy what I do. But I do miss the boxing. You know, I watch it on telly sometimes. I even shed a tear because it, it, should, it, should, it should be me. It should be me in them big fights. Um, you know, sometimes I watch watch my old fights back and reminisce, and you know, it's kind of sad, but again, you, you can't change what's happened and you've just gotta you just gotta kind of move on, haven't you?
0: I said, I think you being sad is because obviously you felt like there would have been a lot of unfinished business that you still were yeah. more than capable to do. It's interesting today to speak to you because I felt I, I watched a good few of your fights around that time and often did wonder. This guy just disappeared. You know, he yeah. was uh, you know, young, fresh-faced, healthy, yeah. and now to hear, unfortunately, that you, you, you suffered a, an injury that you never never really were able to recover from. It yeah. is. It's, a, it's kind of a bittersweet. But at the same time, you still achieved a lot in the ring. You should be proud of yourself. You've got something, yeah. to, something to tell the grandkids uh, yeah, what, yeah. What, you, what you achieved. And good for you. I think um, a lot of sports people find sales... I certainly went that route as well. After I played yeah. cricket career, kind of came, playing professionally came to an end. Sales <coughs> because it gives you that buzz and that kind of yeah. uh, competitive nature that you've got naturally to compete yeah. with other people. So you seem pretty pretty content with life. You've got a a, a young daughter. A bit, I see yeah. on Snapchat. She's, she she seems to be keeping dad on her toes. Yeah, mate. Yeah, she's called Ella. She's six. She's actually here today. She'll
1: be upstairs playing somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, um, I have her a couple of times a week uh, on a Monday night. Uh, I didn't even realise, mate, that they, they, they broke up now for two weeks. So, I, I only realised realized this last night. So, I was like, bloody hell. So, everything I've got planned today, I've got to take her with me. I know the feeling. feeling. She, yeah, she's great, mate. She's great. She's gorgeous. Um, yeah, she's great. She, um, yeah, again... It's it's come at the right time, probably after my career, where I can obviously just focus on her and not and not having to focus on, on anything else. So yeah, she's she's great, mate. She she keeps you on your toes, but yeah, I love it a bit.
0: That's 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 great to hear. What's your what's your advice to a young 15 year old out there, just like you, who's yeah, about to go into the gym. Also from what you know about boxing and boxing politics and uh, I think there's a lot of good in boxing, but there's a lot of bad in boxing. Like you yeah. to, to a young girl or a young guy out there because the times have changed. There's opportunities for women in boxing as well now. It is
1: made Yeah, uh, female boxing has has come massive, hasn't it? These, these last few years, and uh, you know, you can't believe how many how many fights. I know on Sky women, but yeah, the um, you know, and some good fights as well. Very good know, some great fights. Uh, but but my but my advice is obviously to. Um, Obviously be, be, be humble, um, know what you want to do, set, set, set yourself some goals. Um, listen to advice, especially of people who are close to you and your family. Um, don't think that you know it all. And just trying to um, be, 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 be dedicated as much as you can, mate. Um, you know, that's 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 the main thing. You know, see a lot of boxes top boxers who um, who have not succeeded because they've not been dedicated, um, and they've just gone down the, the wrong path. So again, keep keep your family close to you, take advice, and listen to other people.
0: Great advice, great advice. Yeah. Listen, my friend's it been a pleasure. It has made yeah, it has uh, to hear your to hear your story, hear your journey. Yeah. Um I wish you all the very best for the future. Maybe I mean, when my my bank balance allows it. I'll come down and uh, see if you can do me a deal on uh, on something nice. Uh, <laughs> listen, if you ever get up uh, get up to Scotland, likewise, if I ever get down in Manchester, I'll be sure yeah, to get yeah.
1: mate. Definitely, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been nice
0: speaking with you, mate. Good man. Hang on for yeah. a second. I'll catch you. Cheers, mate.
1: Yeah.